The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. It is baseball season, and we have two start pitchers to grade here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are brought to you by Vivid Seats. Clay Link here with Todd Zola today. And as is tradition, Todd, with the season starting up, we will grade two star pitchers for next week on the show. We'll also touch on a little bit of news. Uh, how was your opening day, Todd? How are you doing? Doing well. Now, I um, was a little busy the past couple hours, so I didn't get to do my pre-show run of the, the algorithmic rankings if you will mm-hmm. so we'll both be working blind for the uh, for the first uh, first first ranking but no general things are doing well enjoyed some baseball yesterday got to figure out something to do till six o'clock six thirty tonight before the next game is on but we'll figure it out yeah for the full slate yesterday only five games tonight and they're not starting until what 6 40 eastern so yeah um for me, I kind of appreciate this because I need a little time to catch my breath and come up for air. But, uh, you know, I, I'm i hoping for a lot of day baseball in the days and weeks to come. I think we're going to get it. It's the way the schedule's been the past couple of years. Absolutely. Well, we'll look forward to that. And big news yesterday, right before game started, Justin Verlander to the 15-day IL. They're calling it a low-grade strain of the Terrace Major, but... This is tough. Uh, 40 years old, and I heard him talking a little bit about it. He thought he was just working through something in the spring. He said that's normal for him. But it wasn't better in his final spring tune-up, and they just had to try to get out in front of this. And I've heard the the notion on Twitter, a suggestion that maybe because he's on the Mets, they play it extra cautious just with the big picture in mind, and maybe they – uh you really slow play Verlander. What's your level of concern with Justin Verlander? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just have to read the report, so um, I don't know about the whole slow play, slow, slow playing thing. That's I just think, pure speculation, right? Me. I mean, it's I understand that. I just, but I, to yeah. me, you got the Phillies in the division, you got the Braves in the division. I don't think you can mess around, right? I, I don't think you can take it for granted. So I think they're gonna when he's ready, he's coming back and. Not to mention when he's ready, he's just going to, you know, if Tyler McGill's about to start and Verlander's ready, he's just going to go out there and 
kick him off the mound, you know. I mean, he's not, he's not <laughs> sure. He's not going to Ver, Verlander starts when Verlander City's going to says he's going to start. Yeah, Verlander probably isn't down with the slow play, so I wonder if he has the same control be, at home. <laughs> probably be pushing to uh get back in the rotation as soon as possible. And you mentioned McGill, he's going to be stepping in uh right away tomorrow. So it'll be David Peterson tonight and Tyler McGill tomorrow against the Miami Marlins in Miami. Todd, what do you think? In first-come, first-serve leagues where you can make a move and stream him right away, would you stream Tyler McGill Saturday? Is that just too risky right now? He got a game on Saturday. He's got the Marlins on at home next week. Um, I think it's – you know what? I, I'm aggressive. There are some times I'm not going to be taking the chance. But, yeah, if I'm looking to get off to – excuse me, get off to a good start, Yes, and that may have to do with planning my pitching staffs around streaming. Yeah. And if I'm not going to take this opportunity, you know, what, what, where is my filter? Where is my cutoff? So, yeah, I probably – and now the thing with McGill, too, is he was competing with David Peterson for the last spot in the rotation. So he's, it's, he's stretched out, you know, and it wasn't as if – I mean, he pitched pretty well. It's just Peterson pitched better. So I think that, you know, all signs point towards – um, a better pathway for success than a lot of pitchers at this time of the season. I'm a little wary of McGill, just given that his control is shaky, especially at the end yeah. of spring training. Yeah. Had five walks and both of his final uh, two Grapefruit League appearances. So I'm a little skeptical, but I am going to be starting him for this first start uh, in the FSJ Champions League with relegation. So I'm hoping he doesn't light my ratios on fire early but i actually tried to drop mcgill last week but all my contingent bids were outbid so i kind of kind of got lucky in not dropping mcgill last week well we'll see it was uh intent on it we shall see yeah oh uh, max freed left his start yesterday with a strained hamstring he's definitely going to miss at least one start uh who's your guest to step into that atlanta rotation um well isn't it isn't ian anderson already locked into the first start yeah, he's confirmed in our grid, so that must have been confirmed somewhere. So, yeah, so that would be the first. And then I don't know if it's a wait and see uh, or what goes on after that, off days, et cetera. But, I mean, Anderson, it's just the walk. And I, the walks, and I was, I don't remember if I read it or if I just kind of in my own mind thought that he'd be better, you know, maybe this is the time to make him a reliever and try to, you know, focus on the on the stuff and just get the, the two pitches working and et cetera. But, you know, he's still got too good of an arm, I think, to do that with. And Dylan Dodd and and, and Jared Schuster, uh, over under the amount of times they say Ted Schuster, what are we setting that? Two and a half? Um, I know at least one of them will be talked about in, the, in a moment. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Schuster only has one start next week. But, uh, Anderson, I playoff, playoff hero. Uh, cheap minor leaguer on my NL high stakes team to this guy that can't throw a strike. I don't know. Yeah, he burst onto the scene, and you know, even though there were concerns about his command and control coming up, Ian Anderson kind of overcame those early, but they eventually, those command and control issues eventually caught up to him. And yeah, we haven't really seen him at all. But I think with Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster in that rotation already, they're, they're going to need Anderson. and. Um. Yeah, let me just double check. I think you said it, but it, 
at St. Louis next week. I think I think we may be hearing that we we talked about him on the radio a minute ago. I didn't I didn't say that yet, but yeah, we talked about that on okay. the radio. Yeah, okay. It all at runs St. together. Louis. Yeah, this is our third hour together already today. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. Also, news from yesterday out of Dodgers. Uh, I guess you can't say Dodgers camp, but uh, from the Dodgers, Ryan Pepio last minute IL move. So Michael Grove steps in, and uh, Michael Grove will be a guy we grade here in a, in a few minutes as part of the uh, you know, two start pitches for next week. Because with Grove entering for Pepio, it's versus Colorado at Arizona. That uh, is pretty nice there. Yep. You've mentioned that at Arizona, maybe not the cakewalk it used to be, but um, I think Michael Grove will be a pretty popular ad in Fab this weekend. Oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll get the grades in a moment, but it's he's definitely going to be someone to pick up. And Wilson Contreras left yesterday, and the initial diagnosis was a contusion. They did send him for an MRI. Thankfully, that MRI negative for Wilson Contreras. So that's... That would have been tough to lose a primetime catcher on day one. That would have been tough. And Daniel Bard to the IL with anxiety. Uh, all our best to Daniel Bard. And, you know, he has my sympathy for sure. Uh, anybody to speculate on there in Colorado or is that, that hands off? I think I'm going to be hands off personally. I'm hands off with Bard. And he was really, really yeah. good last year. So that's a good point. Kind of where I am as far as that goes, but yeah, no, like you said, I mean, you know, take care of yourself. It's uh Bard was out of the league for a while, and you know, kind of a great story that he was able to come back. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Daniel Bard pitching the Cape League All Star game uh, with with Jonathan Mayo by my side. Oh wow, really? That's how long. Yeah, so it just uh, I think the gun wasn't working because everybody was throwing ninety nine that day. We have a really interesting question in the chat. Better stash, Brandon Fott or Gavin Stone of the Dodgers? Uh, that's tough. I actually did not cut a Fott last week. You made that uh, pun on <laughs> XM and cracked me up. I ended up not cutting a Fott. I held a Fott. You never want to. You never want to do that, especially <laughs> in air, you know. They say on an airplane, yeah, I, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, I didn't uh, cut him loose, but I thought about it. I actually, though, may lean Gavin Stone just because you know the Pepio injury, they're already kind of down, and I, I'm skeptical about Cindergard this year, too. So yeah, this uh, is not my call. forte. Yeah, so that's a tough I will, call. I'm going to go with whatever Clay says. <laughs> Todd's answer may be neither. I would probably shoot James an email is what I would do. So here, here's James' email address. Nah, maybe not. One thing in working in Fott's favor, I would imagine, is the fact that they sent Dre Jameson to the bullpen instead of keeping him stretched. So that could be uh, just one less arm he needs to leapfrog to get opportunities. Yeah. I got to tell you, Todd, on a scale of 1 to 10, I said this on XM too, but I'm about a 6 on the worry meter on Alec Manoa. Career worst, 9 hits allowed yesterday. That was just barely over three innings, so just entirely too hittable. Velo was down in the spring. Thought it was maybe something where he was just, you know, working through it and building up his velocity. But the fact that he struggled to this extent on opening day has me concerned about Alex, Alec Manoa. I'm a small sample, big picture guy. I'm not all that concerned. Uh, let's see. There have been 
I've been higher on Manoa than most anyway. So maybe that has to do with that confirmation bias, whatever you want to call it. But I'm not going to let one start influence me too much at this point. And I saw Isak Paredes was betting third yesterday. I thought that was notable. And Trevor Larnick betting cleanup for the Twins. Surprised me because he was not even a lock to make the team. He was very much on the bubble. So at least coming into camp, had a hot spring and goes from on the bubble to uh, the opening day cleanup, man. Pretty nice spot for Larnick. Do you think he can hold that spot down for Minnesota? I know, you know, we then went over the lineups and, and, and understood why he was hitting higher up. Maybe Miranda, Jose Miranda, uh, he should have been above, but maybe he's left, right, left, right thing. I don't know. Um, you know, you, you pointed out that Larnick was kind of, you know, a big, not a big, but a, a, a prospect of note at the same mm-hmm. time Kirilov was. And they both, neither of them materialized. Kirilov more poor of injuries and Larnick just because he never gotten it done. Had a hot spring. I, you know, I can see where at least why he was inserted. Had a really good opening day. I think the the spots there for the taking. I, you know, kind of in the middle whether he actually comes through or not. Uh, they could use the pop. Minnesota's got some nice hitters, but they need they get you know they could use a little bit more pop, and that's why Larnick was high up in the order. I don't know. Um, out, I know outfield is shallow or shallower than it's been, but I think maybe I think there's still players I like in that range that I'm not ready to jump on Larnick just yet. I've got some pretty ugly uh, offensive spots going in my main event right now. So yeah, well, UT, I may look to, uh, I think he might've been drafted actually, but in leagues where he's available, I might, might scoop Trevor Larnick because look, there uh, wasn't a lot of ton of offense yesterday. And, uh, Arnick's at least in a spot where you can look at that and dream on some production. Yeah. Well, this is the thing in the 12 team leagues that I don't, I'm not especially good at is, you know, making the move. And if I, and I was complaining, well, someone picked up Larnick and there was no, no reason to pick him up and he had a great year and he beat me. Well, the reason to pick him up is you've already alluded to what he's playing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I don't need to look at StatCast. I don't need to look at the underlying metrics as much as, I need to look at the lineup, and we just talked about it. There's just no one in Minnesota to provide pop other than the first few hitters, and so you need someone to hit cleanup. Maybe that, maybe that's all that's needed. Maybe you don't need to have a high exit velocity and sprint speed and all that stuff. Maybe the fact that they felt strong enough about Trevor Larnick to hit cleanup on opening day, that that's enough for me to pick him up. Yeah, he's at least a guy to think about this weekend if you need, need a bat because, yeah, that – is a very fruitful, or at least projects to be a fruitful spot in that order um, between Buxton and and Miranda. Yep. Well, real quick, before we get into two-star pitchers, let's pause briefly to bring you a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Clay Link and Todd Zola, and as we have done every Friday on the pod during the season over the past what three or four years, maybe longer. I think you've been doing it longer because you started doing this with DVR, right? Um, but yeah, two start pitcher grades. We'll grade zero to five scale for every two start pitcher for next week, and of course, zero means he's a zero. We're not starting him anywhere. Five meaning. We're turning him loose everywhere, and it's an inexact science. There's no set science, at least as far as I do it. But you do a very a projection driven, take a projection driven approach to this, typically, and uh, those manifest in your weekly pitcher rankings, which are a great compliment to this podcast. They manifest. Wow, Clay's big that? words. He he, he hit the thesaurus <laughs> over the uh, the dictionary over the off season. Yeah, I'm really uh, <laughs> trying to make myself sound words, smart man, by using right? the, the big words. But yeah, it's a pretty straightforward. Zero to five again. And uh, yeah, let's get into the two-star pitchers for the week of April 3rd, 2023. The first full week of the baseball season. And Ryan Nelson is our number one player to talk about two-star pitchers. Made the Diamondbacks opening day rotation. Mentioned Dre Jamison moved to the bullpen and Brandon Fott down to the minors. So it's Ryan Nelson at San Diego versus the Dodgers. Ugh, you know, I'm already stumped here. Well, That's I'm not, not a great. Well, looking at the numbers last year, I guess it's probably a zero. Right. If there were, if this was Pittsburgh and uh, can I say Cincinnati without you getting mad? You know, if this was lesser teams. I think we have a discussion mm-hmm. right now. Even if I'm aggressive, I'm not putting myself in a hole right away by using this matchup. And by the way, there almost certainly will be changes to the grid in the days to come. So yeah, check out rotowire.com slash podcast. If you don't have a subscription to get a trial on us and 
You can follow along. Just go to lineups, and then you'll see probable pitchers. You can customize the grid to start on April 3rd. So uh, you can follow along with us as we talk through these guys. For Atlanta, it's going to be Charlie Morton and Dylan Dodd, who uh, made the rotation late as a replacement for Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright nursing that shoulder injury. Dylan Dodd has all of one start above the double-A level. Of course, was competing in spring training, facing big league hitters, but pretty much a, an unknown Dylan Dodd. Charlie Morton at St. Louis versus San Diego. I'm going to give Charlie Morton, I think, a four. What say you on Morton? Yeah, I'm going to go with four Morton. They're not the nicest of matchups, but, you know, Morton is a good pitcher. I'm going to go for Morton. Did you give a number on Dodd? You want me to, I, you know, I'm probably um, – I don't love the matchups. I don't know the pitcher. I like it. I like it more. I'm more willing to take a chance than I am on Nelson. But yeah, I mean, but that was a zero, so that's kind of a cop out. True, but I mean, it's a one or a two. Um, I guess we're at home against San Diego. I'm only going to give it a one. I mean, there okay. are scenarios where I will use him, and but I'm not. I'm not like locking him. He he's on my waterfall. He's not my lead pitcher for this week. Yeah, I think that's right. I. I do like the command and control with Dodd. That was something that Mark Bowman mm-hmm. of MLB.com noted that Dodd just gets ahead 0-2 just constantly. Now, you know, maybe he could work around the zone and outside of it a little more and um, get more swings and misses. But I do like the command is giving him a nice steady uh, kind of baseline to work with as he breaks yeah. in. Um, at St. Louis – Versus San Diego, I'm thinking in the main event, I'm going to turn him loose. So I'll go to the two on Dodd. You may have you may uh, have risky. talked me into it, but I'll stick with the one. But you may have talked me into the two because uh, I'm going to have to make that shit decision because um, ended up taking him in a few places. You know, because I didn't, you know, draft pitching as aggressively as I should have in the main event. Uh, I was left with only three starters in this half week. Sale and uh, well, Schuster and actually Tanner Houck. So, how about that for three starts this weekend? Pretty risky, but I had guys like Drew Rasmussen, Wes Nesky, yeah, uh, others who were just not starting in the half week. So, I got, I got, I have Dodd and Tottlers, NL only. And I mean, there's reserves, but they're very short. I'm not look, I'm not going to be looking to replace him in an NL only league. We'll have to see what happens in a mixed. That lines up with a, a one grade then for you. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Now for Baltimore, Kyle Bradish. Now this is a tough one for me. Um, Kyle Bradish had the had that brutal nine earned run outing in the spring, but he later mentioned that he was working through some stuff and just mechanically and was trying. I think a different setup or something, something weird where I kind of was a little scared off on drafting Bradish because of that, but then I kind of thought that's silly to put too much stock into that when he's working on something. So, you know, he's a little risky, but at Texas versus New York, I don't like the second half of the two-step, but I think I'll give Bradish a three because I think he's a step up from Dylan Dodd. Yeah, it's you, a guy's going to get six, maybe seven two-start opportunities over the course yeah. of a season, you wish you wish he had a better setup. But you know, we listen. I wish we knew more about him. 
All right. Yeah. So the the uh, the Texas one. I mean, Texas has got a good offense. I'm not yet scared of them. They are going to have some really productive games. They hit up. They they lit up Aaron Nola. Um, and, but the the Yankees, the Yankees lineup is not quite as threatening as as it may have been. Still awful darn good. But at home, and it's still not that warm. I'm with you on a three. And maybe it's just because Bradish kind of became one of our, you know, part of the the Tote Wars head to head auction. He just became kind of a funny guy that uh, to to talk about because we had so many radishes left over. We're making jokes about <laughs> radish and uh, if you I draft radish, you have to eat a radish. Yeah, thankfully, I, I took radish in that league, and thankfully, I wasn't forced to. Yeah, see, yeah, see, that's kind of humor, up, humor, folks. The, the last draft of Tote Wars weekend. That's what you're stuck with. But yeah, I'm gonna go with a three. And look, there's a couple of Baltimore pitchers that I kind of have to like get rid of preconceived notions about a them and b pitching in Baltimore, um, kind of in, in general, just because everybody they brought up over the past five years has been terrible or terrible. Is, is I don't do a very good Doug Dennis impression. Oh, it's horrible, horrible, terrible's um Charles Barkley, right? Yeah, terrible. Um, so yeah, the combination of Doug and Doug and uh, Doug and Charles. Anyway, that'd be a hell uh, of a tag team. Yeah, enough enough on uh, enough on Kyle Bradish. Well, yeah, I just uh, he will be. I mean, know. I will have him. I will if I if he's he's probably drafting, but if he's not, maybe in the twelve he'll be available. I will have him above um, Dodd and Nelson, who we've talked about so far. I don't know who coined the phrase, but I heard. Jeff Erickson of Rotowire calling it Baltimore now. So I, I kind of like that. Ooh, it's uh, since those park changes last year, it has, uh, it is Baltimore. It's really playing a lot more pitcher friendly. So yeah, I think I'll roll the dice on Bradish next week, but uh, as a three that, that shows that I wouldn't turn them loose everywhere. 12 teams. It's very much borderline yeah. uh, for your Red Sox, Todd, they're going to have, but Cutter Crawford, but then Nick Pavetta is the guy who lines up for two, so it'd be versus Pitt at Detroit. Doesn't get much better than that. And uh, I, I don't like Nick Pavetta's skills, but the matchups make me willing to not completely um, write him off this weekend, Fab. Maybe I'll have a contingency bid on him. I think I'm only going to give him a one, though. I'm going to go four. I mean, oh, wow. those matchups? That's but ridiculous. It's Nick and he's not a bad pitcher. He's uh, not I great. I think he's a three pitcher. He goes deep into ball games, which in a lot of places matter. Um, yeah, and I, I actually, I, I drafted him in an online championship last night or yesterday after, yesterday morning actually. The last, yeah, I think it was the last one. Either. Sometimes they sneak in and it, like it sells out, so they sneak in another one. So I'm not. And it, it's not like the Cure Kiss that has like 15 different final concerts ever. I'm pretty sure it was the last draft of the year in the online championship. It wasn't by design. He's, hey, I finally have some free time, and I have mm-hmm. a free a free draft in my in my ticket because I won it in the DFS contest. Hey, let's let's draft it. Um, I, I drafted better to use him, and um, yeah, I, if you're not going to play against Pittsburgh and Detroit, when the heck are you going to use a guy? Well, you know, you I think you've talked me into a two, but I'll, oh, I'll write cool. you down as a goal. four. Um, All the way up to a two. It, it is Nick Pavetta. Still a pretty good gap between our grades, though, there. And he yeah. you know, he did uh, have a 6-11 ERA in the spring. I'm not worried about that. But Pavetta also, Pavetta. 
21 Ks in 17 and two thirds innings this yeah. spring. So the Ks were there in exhibition play. So, yeah, I guess I was a little too low. I don't like the pitcher much, but versus Pitt at Detroit is uh, well, pretty I mean, great. So, he did the strike. Four is a little too high for me. All right. Well, okay. Good. Well, I, I mean, I think, he's, I think he's a three pitcher in these matchups, bring him to a four. Yeah, you may be right. Agree to disagree on Pavetta for this week. And I'm excited to see Hayden Westneski for the Cubs. He's not the two-star pitcher for the Cubs, so that'd be Drew Smiley. Westneski would be up for two next week, um, or the week following next week. Uh, but Drew Smiley at Cincinnati versus Texas. Great American Small Park is scary, and I just never know what the wind's going to be doing in Wrigley. So I'm going to give Smiley a one, I think. Um, I'm going higher. I, again, I think it's because I have a higher You're more ability. aggressive, generally. I am, and I actually, I think more of Drew Smiley, I think. Um, going against Connor Overton and then John Gray. Ah, I don't know that I'm going three, but I, I'm going to go two. But So and I think it may have to do with just the baseline of the pitcher being I liking him a bit. But that's a two. I'm, I would not – if I have Smiley, I'm starting him. And he's definitely on my list if I need pitching. See, I think I'd rather go with the devil I don't know and Dodd than uh, the devil I know and Smiley. And but you, with your grades, seem to be the opposite. You'd rather have I'm Smiley still, going. I'm still of the mind that Smiley pitches pretty well between injuries. Maybe yeah, I he actually to, last year was not not so bad. Maybe I need to refresh because you know I I tend to think a lot of things in my I, I, I've thought so many things over the years that. They're all into that part of my brain where it doesn't remember things as well. But no, I still think he pit, you know, last year, yeah, 347, 119 ERA, 91 strikeouts you don't love in 106 innings. But I still think he's a pretty decent pitcher um, baseline worth. I mean, probably a little luck in there with those low strikeouts. I uh, need to check the swinging strike and see what was going on there. But, um, you know, 423 FIP, I don't, that's not my favorite of the, estimators but yeah it's half a run higher fair enough well we've had some kind of tough guys to grade here are a couple of easy ones connor overton and luis sessa goose eggs for those two right okay i just i refreshed as soon as i got on do we step do we still have both of those guys two starts let me double check um i've only got overton i'm sorry just over overton there. just overton yeah, um, which doesn't it doesn't change the grades. No, I just want to make sure that we're both that we're. Yeah, I appreciate updated. that. I... And our 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 crew, you know, it could change if news comes out, and this is around when it's going to come out. Uh, you know, we'll change it up to the minute. So yeah, yeah it's constantly changing. Yeah, you know, Jeff was making all, all the kind of Overton puns over the course of the off season. Um, not not starting him, even you know there are worse matchups than Cubs and Phillies, but yeah. No, not starting him. And it looks like, and we actually uh, have him confirmed, so it looks like Zach Plesak will start the year in that rotation. So they've had a few injuries there, Tristan McKenzie being the big one, and uh, Plesak will get another opportunity. It looked like maybe his the, the sun had set maybe on Plesak as a starter, but he'll get another chance here. Uh, 550 ERA in the spring. 17 Ks against six walks, uh, only one homer allowed. But, I mean, I just – the low Ks, I just can't stomach. So I'm actually – I'm going to go zero. 
I mean, he's, you know, he had a couple flashes and made a name for himself briefly, but I think all the shine has worn off. Remember, I mean, he was a Twitter darling. I mean, there were some people yeah, that people were just really him. pro Plesak and not taking a, a victory lap here, but I was not one of them. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was validated, but, I mean, he he's had some injuries along the way. Anytime one of your two starts is against Oakland, I think it's automatically higher than a zero. Um, Seattle's tough, but it's at home. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a one for Plesak, but it's more about, you know, I'm, not, I'm managing your team, not mine. Because I'm not having Plesek anywhere near it. <laughs> so you give him a one, but you wouldn't go anywhere near it. Yeah, because well, because I'm not going to have to worry about it. All right. Well, that's that's your approach. I won't argue with it. <laughs> no, I, Mind, I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't have him on a team. That's all. Oh yeah. Well, I'll go zero. Ryan Feltner at the Dodgers. He'll be opposite Michael Grove, and then uh, versus Washington at home. So zero on Ryan Feltner. Don't have to take too much down at the Dodgers and then home in Colorado. You know, I'm not even starting Marquez in that scenario. Well, maybe, but yeah, no, forget it. No, no Michael. Zero. Yeah. Michael Kopech for the Chicago White Sox. And I've heard good things about Kopech and just where he's at mentally and, you know, how he was preparing for the start of the season and didn't end up with him, even with some positive reports out of spring. And he, Struggled, got knocked around a bit in the spring. Uh, and nine walks in 12 and two thirds innings. I may go, all right, let me double check the matchups versus San Francisco at Pitt. <laughs> Pretty nice. I don't think I can go higher than like a three, though. Yeah, if I went three to four because of Pavetta, you know, going up, I got Kopik as like a two pitcher, so I can go with three pretty handily. Um, would very much like out of everybody we've talked about, he's got to be the number one on my list so far. Yeah, same here. All right, so Boyd boys can uh, rejoice a little bit. He is going to be the number four starter, so that would be Monday at Houston. Then next uh, <laughs> Sunday versus Boston. That's not great for a lefty. Eesh. Um I was a Boyd boy very briefly, but I haven't been in years. So, oh, man, this is probably like a one, just given the matchups. Like, for me, he's probably like a two-pitcher. Yeah. The matchups bring him down to a one. Right. I'm probably – I might even go as low as zero. Um, yeah. I looked at the early schedule for the Tigers in it because I'm interested in a couple of their pitchers, not just Boyd, and it's it's terrible. It's hard. And it's not going to get much better because they're a terrible team, so everybody's better. But Boyd's a guy that I would probably not use this week or this coming week, but I would see, you know, maybe he gets dropped because of the, you know, people don't want to hold on to him. He is someone I would re reinvestigate, come back to in a week as a, as a potential pickup. Well, we'll pause briefly and bring you a quick word from our sponsor, Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. Swing into the MLB season with vivid seats and score tickets to all of the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center field fly, and every heart-pounding double play from your favorite team live and in person, plus with vivid seats rewards. Now you can earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets, then simply cash in your credit toward your 11th ticket purchase. 
It's that easy. Pro reward tip, buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all of the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today, Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. All right, we appreciate their sponsorship. Getting back to the two-star pitchers for next week, the week of April 3rd, 2023. Hunter Brown came down with uh, some back issues late in spring training, but uh, has been cleared to take the ball as the fourth starter for Houston. So it will be Hunter Brown on Monday versus Detroit, then at Minnesota. I don't know if he's going to be available for a full workload, but not many pitchers are. We saw you know a lot of guys pulled around the 70 range uh, in the 70s in terms of pitch count. So that's kind of what I'm expecting for Hunter Brown. Even then, limited workload with these matchups versus Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota's no cakewalk, but versus Detroit's so great. Um, I was thinking four, but I think I'm going to go conservative. Just say three because uh, he's coming off the injury. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned no cakewalk. The other hand, we looked at Minnesota's lineup. It didn't look that great. So I think it, I think what it might be is there's just not a lot of power in the lineup. Mm-hmm. It's got some peskier guys on or outs down below. Um, I'm with you in a three, and and this is working kind of blind on Hunter Brown himself. I don't know a whole lot about other than number scouting on on Brown, but again, at Detroit is kind of an automatic. I'll start him and hope he doesn't get blown up in the second start kind of deal. You know how Tyler McGill gets called baby goat sometimes with with his uh, similar mechanics to DeGrom. Well, Brown's gotten some baby Verlander comps, so uh, no pressure. Uh, but, no, he's and he's not going to pitch to that level. But he is expected to shoulder a heavy workload in that rotation this year and mm-hmm. uh, looked really good in relief. We'll see if he can carry that to the starting rotation. For Kansas City, Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, um I think I took Singer in the stake league. Just or no, actually I think that's Brad Keller, so even worse. But um yeah, actually Keller may be useful and that's a sixteen team league. Anyway, Singer and Bubich of uh, both versus Toronto at San Francisco. I'm gonna let you start on these two. All right, I I think Singer's a pretty good pitcher, and I like the pitching coach. I like what they're doing. I'm gonna He's a four pitcher for me, and one matchup balances the other, so I'm going to leave him a four. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be crossing my fingers against Toronto. At least it's at, at it's at least it's in Kansas City. Bubich had a really didn't he have I think he had a really strong spring and kind of inserted into the rotation. Here I'm you know, more concerned about Toronto because he hasn't been established, but I'm probably going to. And I'm probably a little higher on Kansas City than I should be a leap of faith that uh, Brian Sweeney, the pitching coach, was going to help them out coming from Cleveland. Um, so it's more, I'm going I'm gonna to go with them both. Not loving the Toronto start, clearly, because they could be the best off. I think they're the best hitting team in the league. And people say one yeah. of. I think they're the best hitting team in the league. Toronto, and, um, yeah, me too. Yeah, and then I'm not at all concerned about San Francisco. So – Four and a two. 
You're right that Bubich did pitch pitch pretty well in the spring, but only 10 in the third inning. So he made five appearances, three starts, only 10 in the third innings. Did have 15 Ks, so pretty nice spring for Bubich. I'm only going to go one, though, just given the lack of a workload or limited workload in the spring. I got you down for two, though. Yep. In Springer, I'm going to go with one one mark lower than you. I got a three on on Brady Singer, but... uh, yeah, it definitely could be spots where you you turn to Brady Singer. Now for the Angels, Reed Detmers, he got a lot of helium late in draft season. A lot of people have a lot of expectations for Reed Detmers and uh, tentatively lines up at Seattle versus Toronto. So I think I have my first five of the season, even though that one is versus Toronto. Can we go? I just want to make a uh, echo Ted in the chat. He loves righties against Toronto. You don't love anybody again. I don't care that Toronto, Toronto's all right-handed. They're all really good hitters. Yeah. Oh, you true. love putting a righty against Vlad and against Bichette. So the whole lefty-righty thing, Toronto can just plain hit. So I don't. Yeah. Maybe on a DFS night when you're looking to be contrarian, you start a right-hander against Toronto. But you know who they don't care who's throwing. Anyway, that's a good I, point. I was, said that. Um, real quick, yeah, I was going to say. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was just going to say real quick, I was thinking I'd have my first five pitcher with Detmers, but the, the Toronto matchup bumps him down to a four. Now, I have a feeling you're going to be higher on Detmers because this is one of those things where it's the it's the uh, eye test versus the projection, you know, what happens. I mean, Detmers is on the rise. He's got a couple new pitches. He's throwing faster, right? Is, was he a driveline guy, or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't I don't think he was. You know, drive. I think Detmer's velocity is way up. So You're I think right. Maybe there was right. someone who was up. I don't remember if it was Detmer's or the other the one I'm trying to think of, and I, I know they went to driveline. We could look it up. But, but, yes, so it's one of those things where his improvement is not captured by the projection system. Right. You have to just kind of uh, just trust and, you know, uh, infected that in so i had a feeling you'd be higher you're a four i'm a three um i do kind of need to see it that was just weird remember he had a no hitter yeah then he went he was terrible he got sent down and he was like a better pitcher when he came up again then when when he threw the no hitter that just kind of says you know my lack of excitement around no hitters is you know but anyway um i'm gonna go three and be willing to be wrong because maybe he's Maybe he is indeed better than um, what the projection or an algorithmic projection system is going to say. We had a note, and actually, I know James Anderson wrote this note on Detmers that his average velocity on his slider was at 90.3 miles per hour last week. And or that was earlier uh, this uh, week. Uh, 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 sweeper or slider? Uh, the note says slider, but <laughs> I don't really know. I think one of the least, a lot, lot of rule changes, right, Major League mm-hmm. Baseball? The one that doesn't get talked about is announcers have to say sweeper five times a game. <laughs> that it's is true. the trendy new buzzword in baseball, it's, it's for true. sure. Um, but, yeah, so Detmer's slider was at 85.8 last year, so that's a huge bump, like almost yeah. five ticks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, and – yeah, if this velocity jump carries forward, he could be a you know real breakout candidate, Reed Detmers. Um, 
Yeah, I saw that his velocity was up early, but it's just good to see that he's been able to maintain that increased velocity across the board on all of his pitches. I know people are pretty darn excited about Reed Detmers. We'll see how he fares in his first uh, starts of the season, tentatively a two-step. We'll see if uh, that comes to fruition. And Michael Grove, who we talked about briefly at the very top of the show, he will be pitching in a couple of favorable matchups versus Colorado at Arizona. We were building to this. What's your grade on Michael Grove in this two-step time? I'm upset because I've got Pepio everywhere because I wanted to use him at this point. Me too. All right, my grade is three. Um, You're so high on him. How can you only a three? Well, I mean, it's still Michael Grove. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go three. Um, But he's right now leading my my bids for who I'm picking up this week. I got him as a three, two. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be having him on a fair number of fab lists. We'll see if I get him, but um, yeah, I'd rather have him than a guy like Dodd and some of these others that we've yeah, talked about. For sure. Um, I'd rather start a guy like Hunter Brown, who I also had as a three, but um, yeah, I'd give the edge to, to Hunter Brown there. And uh, yeah, you'll have to make the call on, if you want to start Grove, but I think with the matchups, he's pretty darn appealing. Johnny Cueto, Johnny C, one of my all-time favorites. Now with Miami, of course, versus Minnesota at the Mets. So, you know, you like that venue for the second half of the two-step, but Johnny Cueto, I just can't trust as much as I love the guy. Uh, can't trust him on my fantasy team right now. So versus men at the Mets. I may actually go zero. In my heart, he's a five, but for <laughs> fantasy, I'm going to give Johnny Cueto zero this week. I am too. I think come. We want, I want to see what he's like this year. He could be a one or two later in the year. Right now, he's a zero. And I just want to cycle back. Detmers was a de- uh, was a drive line guy. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, just confirmed it. De- yeah. So dri- Detmers was a drive line guy. Yeah. Thanks for confirming. And that's he went to drive line. That's the new uh, saying. And it's paying off for some of these arms. Freddie Peralta, the Brewers will be at the, or I'm sorry, versus the Mets at home and then versus St. Louis. A couple home starts for Freddie. Felt to me, at least just doing some late drafts, felt like Freddie was falling quite a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, he has had trouble staying on the field in that rotation. Maybe some bullpen risk here if he has another injury, but um, versus the Mets versus St. Louis, I think I'll go three on Freddie. Yeah, I, I think he's a four-pitcher, but these are tough matchups. And yeah. you do lose some home field, home field edge in the great Ameri- uh, American family field. So I'm with you. Uh, for the Twins, it's going to be Tyler Malley. Before we get into our grades for Malley, just wondering, did you end up drafting Tyler Malley on any teams? I believe he was an, under guy, an underdog guy for me. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I probably have him. I, I was in on him. You know, I was all, all, all off season long. I'm saying, oh, I haven't done many drafts yet. I kind of crammed my drafts in the last week or two, but I did a lot of drafts the past couple of weeks. Uh, still not as many as normal. I, I, I didn't do any cut lines, which I'm bummed about. And I don't have as many draft and holds as normal, uh, which is kind of a bummer, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe I found my sweet spot. Who knows? But Molly is a guy that he gets the strikeouts and he's kind of like, if you can keep the ball in the yard, 
there's another level there, and he just the ball's a little bit dead. Maybe I like it. Target field keeps the ball in the yard. So I do like him more than most. Um, until we ranked him yet, I forget. At Miami, oh, Houston's a tough one. He's getting a three from me, even with that Houston start, which probably says a little bit there. Yeah, I think I'm going to give him a three. Malley was a guy who was just so hurt by Great American Small Park where he was when he was there. Oh, yeah. And I thought when he got out, he would really shine. But then the, the shoulder was still lingering after the trade to Minnesota last yeah. year. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've really seen Malley at his best with Minnesota. I do hate that Houston matchup, but we talked about Johnny Cueto. He'll be on the opposite side of Cueto in that yeah. Monday game. So I'm with you. I'm going to go three on Malley. And isn't this isn't this the time to pitch to Houston? To yeah, true, Houston? true. Brantley out, Altuve out. Um, I think this is the, you know this is the time where if you're going to draw Houston in your schedule, I mean it's not going to be easy, right? They, you know, we expect you, know, you Alvarez hit the home run yesterday, which is you know helping the Astros get off to a good start, but if you're facing Houston, it might as well be with Altuve and Brantley out. I'm with you there, 100%. Now, Carlos Carrasco's one of my underdog guys late, although I kind of went to more upside guys toward the end of draft season like Wesneski and Clark Schmidt and those types. But I do like Carrasco just as a you know guy. He got 15 wins last year. He's a steady Eddie pitcher, win healthy. Got to bake in some missed time. But at Milwaukee versus Miami, and he'll get Cueto in that second one. Um. Yeah, I like Carrasco four off the bat. Off the tongue sounds a little high, but a rock solid three, along like on the same level as Mally for me. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm considering saying five. Wow, but I'm not going to, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I don't think he's that good a pitcher. I think he's very good, so I think I'm gonna go for. I just love the matchups, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm gonna stick with a four. This is All the right. week, you know, you know, underdog. This is the week he needs to do well, because in order, he's probably got your your fourth or fifth or sixth starter. You need him to jump up over those studs, and he does it in two start weeks. Matt Leahy just asked an interesting question in the chat. Uh, actually, two guys I drafted on some underdog teams, but if you had to pick one between Clark Schmidt and David Peterson, which two of those New York arms would you rather have? That's a tough one for me. I get this to me is a short versus long term thing because I would lean towards Schmidt longer term because I think he's probably going to be in the rotation. But I mean, Peterson striking guys out now, City Field. That's a tough one. Um, I think I'd lean Peterson, but Schmidt's at Baltimore next week. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Short long term thing. I yeah. kind of, oh man. It's a coin um, flip for me, honestly. That is, it is so close to a coin flip. Um, and no, you're wrong, Ted. We'll get to there soon. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it is really a coin flip, but I thought I'd since Matt yeah, asked, that's the, I uh, I'd run it by you because the thing with Peterson is his strike, he's no longer the soft tossing lefty. I mean, his strikeout yeah. was like 26%. I mean, it was really good last year. Yeah, I think I like Peterson by a hair, but All right. I like I, Schmidt a lot too. Yeah, let's get off the off the 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 uh, the fifty fifty ledge. I'm agree. Peterson so close, but if you miss out on one and get the other, I'm, I'm not losing any sleep. All right, so we graded Carlos Carrasco. I got a three. Todd's got a four. Now nasty Nestor Cortez versus Philadelphia at Baltimore. He had that 
really rough spring debut when he was coming off the injury. Then he righted the ship really quickly. So not too worried about Nestor. Don't know how stretched out he is, but uh, yeah, probably just like with everybody else, 75 to 85, maybe, maybe a little more, but uh, versus Philly at Baltimore. I think I'll put him with Malley and Carrasco because because of the spring injury. Um, so I think I'll go with a three. Yeah, no. I can I, see um, the case for a four, though. I Especially think because I, you probably drafted him as a four. I think we're starting him. I mean, we're just yeah. kind of we're ranking as to what we expect, and you kind of alluded to it. Is he gonna? Is he gonna get the? Is he gonna pitch enough to get the win? Mm. Is kind of where I'm coming. And Philadelphia's got a good offense, notwithstanding. Well, no, they hit they hit they hit t- t- Texas pretty well yesterday. They just couldn't keep they couldn't su- suppress the uh, Texas offense. So, um, you know, oh, Baltimore's not that bad. I'm going to stick with the three, but it's not going to be long before Cortez is back in the four range. Totally, I'm with you. Just for now, I'd, I'd say three. But yeah, you said you drafted him as a four. You're probably just turning him loose, uh, not really thinking about it, but. Uh, maybe expectations kept in check for now as he continues building up. For Oakland, it would be James Caprillion tentatively for two. So Caprillion broke in and actually pitched really well initially. And I think he got hurt last year, right? And just wasn't himself after that. Mm. Versus Cleveland at Tampa Bay. He's a guy I need to just see. I'm going to go yeah. zero. And he's, I mean, he's a pitch to contact guy, and these are two teams that just make contact. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could be a long day. He could give up eight runs without giving up a homer in these games. You know, that's just <laughs> kind of way it goes. Could get Babbitt. To um, you know, I mean, I, if, the first game's at home, exactly. The first game's at home at Tampa. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go zero, but there will be a week where Caprillion gets above a zero from me. It's just not this week. Babbitt death by a thousand cuts. That could be coming. <laughs> Uh, Caprillion's way. Taiwan Walker. Now, his velocity was down in spring, but it may have been intentional because it seemed like he was kind of tweaking his pitch mix and kind of yeah. tweaking how he does things with the goal of reaching 180 innings, which seems high for Walker, but, you know, he seems really intent on that goal. It's at the Yankees versus Cincinnati. Love the second one. First one makes me a little nervous, of course. Um, but I took Taiwan in the main, so I got to give him at least a one. I expect I'll be turning him loose just to kind of make up for the lack of starting options I had this half week. I'll go a two. Um, he, he, he could be up in the three to four range soon, but I want to see how this new version of Walker plays. Yeah, but isn't the second matchup a piece of cake? It is, but <laughs> Cincinnati. Um, ah, Cole, it's <laughs> he might throw a no hitter that day. That's true. Rolling. I don't know what the weather is going to be like. I mean, it's cold now in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a three. I just think he's a pretty good pitcher. And I, at New York, yes, it's scary. Um, but well, they, it's not that they don't have injuries. It's, they may just not be as daunting. Well, uh, Harrison Bader. But the lineup right now, you're not scared as much as you may be in the past. Um, you know what? You're scared of the Yankee lineup when Stanton's on one of his hot streaks. Mm-hmm. When he's not, you, you know, it doesn't seem quite as scary. I'm going to go with a three. Okay, so we are one grade apart, but I got you as a three here on the sheet. We'll recap these grades when we're done here. 
All right. Next up for the Pirates. I saw some Yoan Oviedo mentions in the chat, but we have Ronzi Contreras for two. I was just a, a general streamer. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, and I'm, you know, to mention Oviedo, like Oviedo's potential, but he needs to show, and it's not even anti, not even a Boston thing why I wouldn't stream him. Uh, for one, for one start, I'm not risking Oviedo at Fenway Park. No, me neither. Um, but that is a good name to mention, just to keep in mind as a streaming candidate. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, we talked to Brian Walton a little bit about him. He was a St. Louis prospect, and there's a reason why he's no longer in St. Louis. And I just, I need, the arm is there. He just hasn't put it together with Oviedo yet. Yeah, I need to see it too. And Ronzi, I know people are kind of excited about Ronzi Contreras, but at Boston versus the White Sox, Couple offenses that I'm still a little iffy on as yeah, far as yeah, you know yeah. attacking for fantasy. Yeah, so yeah. much as I like Ronzi long term, I think I may only give him a one here. Or uh, yeah, one for me. Yeah, I'm 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 that I'm in that maybe a two range as well, but I don't think he's shown enough yet. He's teased it. I don't think he's shown it yet. And we may be both been proven wrong if but I I'm gonna go with a one as well. And the Padres have nobody lined up for two. It looks like maybe Ryan Weathers gets a spot start on Monday. And, uh, yeah, we actually haven't confirmed. So he'll be stepping in for maybe just one start. I think finally I do have my first five of this season. <laughs> George Kirby versus the Angels at Cleveland. Uh, I mean, I drafted Kirby as like an SP3, maybe even SP2 in some leagues. Love the control. He just does not shoot himself in the foot. And I think the whip will be stellar. And yeah, I don't really worry about the Angels if you can work around Trout and Otani. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I have my first five graders. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, to me, it's it's Castillo and Gil- he, he, he In some people's mind, he was drafted. Well, maybe not Castillo. But I always thought Gilbert, Logan Gilbert, was, you know, at least right now better. Kirby may have actually leapfrogged Gilbert. I think it's, it's pretty darn close. But I'm, yeah, with you, five. Sean Manaya, here's a decision I'll have to make in the FSGA Champions League. Uh, make it, make took him right after one. a pretty strong spring. What what'd you say? Make the right one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I'm able to. At the White Sox versus Kansas City. Love the second half of that. Not so much the first half opposite Kopech. Um God, Manaya's always burned me. I mean, I always fall for whenever he shows these flashes, and I always regret it. But I still think I'm going to go with a three here. I thought I was. I thought I thought I'd have to talk you up to a three. No, I'm going to go with a three as well. Not that it, you know, not that it matters a whole lot. But the the White Sox, the, the, the Giants have a rare Tuesday off day next week. Oh, weird. Yeah, that is that is a a rarity that you probably won't see later in the season. All right, so we both got a three on Manaya. What about Steven Matz? You know why it is? I'll bet you I'm not to interrupt, but because people go, huh? Uh, It looks like the White Sox home openers that Monday, and they're one of those cold weather weather cities, so they probably want to, you know, for the dozens and dozens of people that want to see the opener, um, that's not fair. Um, (laughs) We know Dean Peterson, a friend of ours, is a big uh, White Sox fan, is in a lot of the, um, you know, the, groups of the you know the tour groups and that sort of thing that 
Anyway, all right. So we're so they up. built they built in a day for in case so there's a weather. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's just that's all. All right. So we're to Woodward and Matt's now. Oh no, not Woodward. Oh Woodward. Woodford. I no, guess yeah. Woodford looks like we have Flaherty returning next week. Is that? I it's tentative. You know, stretched out say, to around is, ninety pitches. It so, is tentative. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, and uh, so I mean, Matt's may lose that second one, or they both may gain one, but um. I think the grades are pretty well. No, Matt's is a better pitcher. So, um, so I think I'm only going to go with like a two on Matt's. Yeah, I am as well. Lynn is tough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go Lynn with is really tough. I do like picking on that Milwaukee team, but uh, the Atlanta matchup brings him down a little bit. So, we're, they're asking about Peterson, who's already covered, so we don't forget. Peterson rocks. I mean, yeah. Peterson's someone that uh, he's not a last resort for me at all, as is talked about in the chat. He is someone I'm looking to use today. Uh, if I do put in a short slate DFS um, lineup, it'll be Peterson. Yeah, for me, he's he's kind of not even in the streaming mold. He's yeah, the strike late in draft season. I was yeah. drafting him as like an SP five. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'm. Uh, see, it sounds like Uncle Ted's not too high on Peterson, but I'm yeah, I, I, I am very much so. Yeah, and Uncle Ted's just being a troll, right, Uncle Ted? Get off of the Oviedo thing. He has to prove it. Yeah, Oviedo's got his biggest fan in our chat today. Yeah. Uh, I got my second five here. Drew Rasmussen at Washington versus Oakland. That's just a sexy, sexy uh, two-step. So You like that? Drew Rasmussen yeah. is a five. Can I be honest, though? It kind of creeps me out when you use the word sexy. Just I'm sorry. It's kinda, it just kind of creeps me out a little bit. No, I'm with you. Love Drew Rasmussen. All right. Tampa just has that way of turning me mediocre middle relievers into crunchy starters. And, uh, yeah, no, Washington's a piece of cake and Oakland doesn't get much better. He's going to be, he's going to be, he could be top five on my rankings tonight. Yeah. I hated having to swap Drew Rasmussen out of my lineups, but, uh, you know, assuming he makes two next week, that'll make up for it in a hurry. Oh, oh you meant because he didn't start this week. Yeah, this half right. week. Got it. Yeah. Yep. They went with what? McClanahan, Eflin Springs. Yep. So Eflin on the mound uh, this weekend. I'm excited to see what they do with, with Eflin. The I was bummed because it cost him a two start week this week, Eflin. And he was one of the guys I was drafting specifically to get two starts. But not that I'm not going to use him next week against Oakland. I yeah. Just, <laughs> just get the two. Oh, yeah. And Eflin was a. Count your late, blessings. Yeah. He was my late. I only got to do one or two late underdog drafts, and I know we're not, you know, we're no longer doing underdog part of our podcast. But we we played so many drafts; it's going to come up. Um, he was a guy, you know, for that sixth pitcher, I would often try to get. Now here's a guy who's also getting some love in the chat. John Gray uh, was pitching pretty well initially when he came over from Colorado last year, and he signed with Texas as a free agent and was pitching okay. Then he got hurt and didn't really. He wasn't quite himself after that, but versus Baltimore at the Cubs, I see why he was getting some love in the chat, but uh, versus Baltimore at Chicago Cubs. I think I'll go three on John Gray because he's just not a uh, a four pitcher, just as I said that I was considering going four, but I'll, I'll going go three four, on yeah. John I mean, Gray. I, one of us will, and I think he ranked pretty well in my system, my projection system, and that's just driving – the early rankings because we have nothing to adjust to. 
Baltimore could be tough. We keep saying, you know, but it's going to be at Texas, which is a good place to pitch. I'm definitely going. You know what? He may actually come out as a five that I call a four because I just think my system just kind of really likes, you know, kind of likes him. And uh, I just have to remember that there's Josiah Gray and John Gray, and I do my little Excel trick to make sure I'm ranking the right one. Yeah, you got to go to what three letters on the first name? <laughs> well, I got What I got to do is because of our chart, it pulls them both as J Gray. Mm-hmm. I need to put a little period next to Josiah, and I really look up against Josiah Gray, uh, a J, and then at the end, I it comes out right. But you, we don't need to know this. It's our chart's fault. No, I didn't draft Jose Barrios in any league, but if Wimp. you did, I mean, Wimp. this is the uh, time to use him. I mean, if you're not going to use him here, you. Might as well just cut him or not have drafted him. Um, <laughs> so at KC, at the Angels, a couple of pretty favorable road starts. Do you think Barrios oh, back, bounces back this year? I mean, we and we could, and I'm going to say did, present cases for Trevor Rogers, cases for Lucas Giolito. Barrios' case is he used to be. Looks like he froze on us there. Don't you want to say he's working on a slider? You know, to me, he used to be good. I want more than that. Um, Wow. Um, I don't remember if I drafted him. I may have taken him in a draft and hold just because. But, you know, wait and see. We can't wait and see. you got to play him with these matchups. So I'm going to give him, if you have him, I think it's going to be a two. But in my mind, I'm using him because why else would I have him? I got him as a two as well, just because last year was so disastrous and it never really got better. Like he just could not it was get a on track. Game stretch. What's that? There's like a two or three game stretch. The other guys, Giolino and Rogers, they be working on new pitches, and and you know I think there was a much more of a reason to believe they're going to bounce back. Barrios, and it, and this is coming from someone who. Thought Barrios had the next level. Most people telling me, no, you're wrong. You What you see is what you get. There aren't more strikeouts coming. I'm like, well, there are more strikeouts coming. Well, you know, I'm not, what you see wasn't what you get. He was worse than that, at least last year. Yeah, I mean, I was early on in his career when he was with Minnesota, I thought there would there was maybe another next level. But just as his time there came to an end, it just became more and more apparent that there wasn't with Barrios. So I, I was already kind of souring on him with his in his final year with Minnesota, and last year was just so bad that I, I didn't end up drafting him. But I, I'll go with a two as well because the matchups are so good. What about Yusei Kikuchi? Great spring. I'm going to have him as a one because I don't recommend it, but I could see in some case where I really need a starter Maybe rolling the dice there. Um, can we call Rob? Rob Silver? Yeah, he'd probably... I wonder what he would give. He'd probably give him a zero, honestly. Um, you know, I mean, it's for, to me, it's similar to Burrios, but different reasons. I, you know, this... I, I get paid to do homework. I should have already done my homework. I To make this decision without looking at the numbers, I need to do more research and, and see what Kikuchi's been doing, how he has been pitching. I'm going to say a one with the reserve, the right in my own head to go to a two. If I feel I need to. I don't remember exactly what Rob Silver said on Twitter, but he said something to the effect of, 
you know, Kikuchi's pitched pretty well so far this spring, but today looked like a pitcher you wouldn't want anywhere near your fantasy team. And okay. until he shows it in real games that count, I'm just going to consider him a guy I don't want near my fantasy team, Kikuchi. Okay. Uh, but if you're really desperate, maybe you take that chance on what bearded Kikuchi. He, uh, <laughs> he uh, kind of pulled the, the Hulk Hogan. And I tried to give himself a new life, a new lease on life by turning a heel and growing a beard out. Uh, finally, for Washington, Trevor Williams, Chad Cool, both zeros for me. And Trevor Williams, kind of a interesting case study because when he had that great year with Pittsburgh, everybody's saying, you know, he really, he can limit hard contact. He's got that skill. And I, I still see that today, but I, I don't believe that's a skill. It is not. I, You're right. I don't believe it's a skill. It is, it is not a sticky skill, if you will. Mm -hmm. Or if it is, there are times when bad luck masks the skill. Mm -hmm. If you, and this goes, goes back to the, the Voris McCracken Babip thing, where, you know, Pedro Martinez's Babip is going to be the same as, or close to the same as like Pedro Estacio. I think that was my line at the time. You know, I try to find two pitchers, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you know, Justin Dunn and Justin Verlander are going to have close to the same Babbitts. That's just what it is. We've learned in time that there are reasons why a Babbitt could be better or worse, ground ball versus fly ball. But in general, limiting hard contact is, is not as sticky as some people think it is. Now, I mix it up with Trevor Richards. Which of them had the really good changeup? That would be Richards, I think. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, oh, but he's got that. Yeah, he, he, so I can't even use that argument. I mean, we're talking a lot for about and people want to just move on and why they talking about watching the pitches with zero when I want to leave. But, um, yeah, that's the thing there is uh, they're both zeros. Yeah, way too much contact and that quote unquote skill that Williams had of inducing weak contact that evaporated in a hurry. So not really a skill at I, all, in my opinion. It, I, the, the better way for me to put that is, it hasn't been it hasn't been proven to be a skill yet, and we're getting closer with the, some of the statcast data, et cetera. But I think it's I think it's not as much of a skill as some people think it is. Even if you do it for three years in a row, that's still not a, it's that still could be three lucky years in a row. This is my dumbass analogy that I'll bring out once in a while. But if you know five people flip a coin, or thirty-two people flip a coin. Five of them are going to get heads all five times. That's not lucky. That's within the realm of possibility. Now, four yeah. people got heads all five times. Well, that's some luck. One out of 32 is going to. So you could get three lucky years in a row. And when there's so many players in Major League Baseball, probability says that's going to happen. So a lot of these, yeah. you know, a lot of these guys, he, they beat the peripherals until they don't. And it's just because probability says that some are going to do it just a pure, you know, luck, if you will. So anyway, maybe the face of that, you know, argument or situation, Kyle Hendricks, like a guy who was good at inducing weak contact until he wasn't anymore. And like Zach Plesak, who we talked about earlier. Right. But just these guys have a hard time performing at that level uh, for extended I, period. I want to leave it open to maybe there's something that we haven't yet discovered that can measure this with Hendricks. Um, it could have been the tunneling. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's so true. There, there could be something that isn't yet mainstream 
that that can explain some of these luck dependent type numbers that we just haven't learned that they are or are not yet. So yeah, that's a good point. We're gonna as much as we think we know now in ten years, we're gonna know so much more about ways to quantify the game and measure skills. Hope, hope, hope I'm here to see it. Same, same. Man. <laughs> Could always be my last, but hopefully not. All right, let's recap our two-star pitcher grades for the week of April 3rd, 2023, the first full week of the Major League Baseball season. Ryan Nelson, zero. Charlie Morton, four. Dylan Dodd, I say two, but Todd, one. Kyle Bradish, a three. Nick Pavetta, I say two. Todd all the way up at four on Nick Pavetta. Drew Smiley, I say one. Todd, two. Connor Overton's a zero. Zach Plesak, I got a zero. Todd, one. Ryan Feltner, zero. Michael Kopech, three. Matthew Boyd, one. Hunter Brown, three. Brady Singer, I say three. Todd, four. Chris Bubich, I say one. Todd, two. Reed Detmers, I say four. Todd, three. Michael Grove, three. Johnny Cueto, zero. Freddie Peralta, three. Tyler Malley, three. Carlos Carrasco, I say three. Todd, four. Nestor Cortez, three. James Caprillion, zero. Taiwan Walker, I say two, Todd three. Ronzi Contreras, one. George Kirby, five. Sean Manaya, three. Steven Matz, two. Drew Rasmussen, five. John Gray, I say three, Todd four. Jose Barrios, two. Yusei Kikuchi, one. Trevor Williams, zero. Chad Cool, zero. Well, our first two-star pod is in the books, Todd. Anything else on your mind today uh, before we sign off? Uh, looking forward to talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, yeah, on Sirius XM fantasy. But now I'm just thinking about this and like some of these performances, good, bad, ugly, or our fantasy teams, baseball's back. No, Don't get so, so caught up in Aaron Nola screwing your first day that, that baseball's back, folks. So let's enjoy, enjoy, enjoy that. If I haven't said it already, baseball's back. So in a, you know, celebrate. Don't, yeah, don't let Jacob DeGrom's rough outing ruin your weekend, you know? Yeah, or the Verlander news. It's a long Verlander. weekend. Well, that can. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> Well, that probably will for a lot of people, but it should. It should. Nah, so, yeah, it's just uh, one day. Nola's ERA is going to be fine. DeGrom's ERA is going to be fine. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, that, that, long, that's, long, long. That's, what, that's what's on my mind. You know, I was just thinking, man. Can't get so wrapped up in the you know in this minutia that I don't enjoy. You know, I didn't go through the six months of what I went through to not enjoy the games. So anyway, well, tomorrow on XM, I'll be sure to talk about how sexy the players' skills are, since I know you love that. <laughs> and I look forward to to chatting, man. Thanks for taking the time, right. Todd. And thank you all for stopping through and hanging with us. We are sponsored by Vivid Seats here on the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.